The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. Once again, this week is no exception. Today, we're going to talk about making a great leap forward in the new year with our special guest, a return guest to Guys Guys Radio. His name is Gay Hendricks. He's got a new book. It's called Your Big Leap Year. He is a prolific author of The Big Leap, Conquer Your Hidden Fear, and Take Life to the Next Level, which sold over 350,000 copies. He's also written a lot of other books about business and about self-help and about inspiration. And this particular book is a day-by-day kind of inspirational book with some themes for every day and also a little bit of instruction and challenges for every day to get you in the best position to make the most of your next year. And I assure you, if you follow all 365 days' tenants and concepts and thoughts of these, this book that I don't think you can help but not make a lot of progress over the next year. And you know, folks, New Year's doesn't have to begin on January 1st. You can start a new trend, a new program, a new protocol whenever you want. Daily practices are super helpful because it gets you going and it, it, it inspires you to do something each and every day, regardless if you are overly inspired or not. I know for myself, and we'll talk about this with uh, Gay, is that I do a set of protocols for myself to uh, help me with the aging process, help me stay in good shape, help me keep my mental, physical, and spiritual health up there. And I make sure I get up early and I do these protocols every single morning that I can because I know there's going to come a day when I have to travel or I'm really under the weather or something where I can't do it. So. I figure even if I'm not totally up for it, I do it anyhow. I make sure I do it before I do anything else and get it out of the way because once you start making excuses and procrastinating, then the work that you're doing, the practices that you want to perform start to slip away. The, the, get, the day gets out of hand. The day gets by you. And before you know it, you can't do it. So my advice would be, Find some daily practices, some daily protocols, and do them each and every day if they work for you. For me, I start out with a a series of uh, messages of gratitude to spirit, to my guides, and then I do some uh, uh, reading, some uh, affirmations, and some inspirational work. And then I do some dowsing with a pendulum that I have. And uh, then I get into Dan Millman's Peaceful Warrior Workout, which I've been doing for about five years or so every day that I can. And it really helps me. And I follow that up with uh, a set of uh, squats where I just squat with my, my, my soles of my feet flat on the ground and just hold the squat position. I find that really helps me. And I top it off with push-ups, which I've been, I've been doing since I was 
probably 12 years old, and I've gotten in and out of them. But I've been pretty consistent uh, doing push-ups almost every day of my life. And I got to tell you, if you can't hit the gym, if you can't lift weights, if you don't feel like lifting weights, if you don't have time for a, a run or whatever, push-ups for me has been a great an- an- antidote to the uh, to, to atrophy for my muscles and strengthening my core, etc. Anyhow, that's my protocol. You might have something different that you do, but the bottom line is this is the time of year when we want to set some programs, set some goals, and have some inspiration to make a big leap into next year. Our special guest is Gay Hendricks. We're going to talk about the new book, Your Big Leap Year, here on Guys Guys Radio. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, it is the interview portion of our show. We've got a wonderful return guest, a real Guys Guys coming back to Guys Guys Radio. His name is Gay Hendricks. He's a PhD. He served over 40 years as one of the major contributors in the fields of relationship formation and mind-body therapies. He's a New York Times bestselling author of Conscious Living and also the book he put out a year or so ago called The Big Leap. And today we're going to talk about his new book, which is a daily version of that to set you on your path. It's called Your Big Leap Year. Um, Let me tell you a little bit more about Gay before I introduce him properly. Gay has helped thousands of people conquer their hidden fears by eliminating what's called upper limit problems and take their lives to the next level by living in what's called the genius zone. With Your Big Leap Year, Um, Gay shows one how to take a little leap day by day, laying out a whole year of skill sets and concepts for living the life of a genius, helping readers move into immediate action on a journey of maximizing themselves with faith, love, and creativity. Gay, welcome back to Guys Guys Radio. Good to see you. Thank you. Great to see you again, too. I really appreciate the work you're doing in the world. So it's always a pleasure to get to interact with you in person again. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, And what you're doing means a lot also, because you've been doing this for 40 years, really helping people, whether it's individuals or also you've worked with corporations and you have a book about uh, corporations, which is called? One is called The Corporate Mystic. Okay. And it's a, uh, it illustrates the point that a lot of the best people in corporations are actually identical to mystics, how they think, how they live, how they feel. And yes, I spent many, many years trooping around uh, corporate corridors uh, in different uh, uh, big places over the years like AT&T and Motorola and Apple and Dell Computer, mostly Dell Computer, actually, is where I did most of my consulting back during the 90s. Okay, well, let's let's go even further back because you you've been doing this for over 40 years. You work also with your with your wife your longtime yeah. wife, and you guys have a great website. We'll get into that towards the end, latter part of the show. But how did you originally decide on the path you're on now, Gay? Well, I, I call myself my own best customer because 50 years ago, we have to go back 50 years, I was 24 years old. Now, I'm in my 70s now, 78, about to turn 79 next month. And I weigh about 180 pounds. I'm six feet tall. I'm very active. Uh, right now, I'm rehabbing a broken femur. But I, uh, I, most of the time, I work out at the gym three days a week and you know, lead a very 
healthy life. Roll the clock back 50 years, though, and I weighed 320 pounds rather than 180 My pounds. My gosh. I wore big, thick glasses. Uh, I was in this really toxic relationship. I didn't like my job. I mean, everything was going wrong in my life. And so I had the great good fortune, though. Oh, and I should tell you that that I started out my life uh, with a lot of medical problems. There was something wrong with my pituitary and thyroid gland when I was born because I got very fat in the first year of my life. And then I became a fat toddler and a fat elementary school student. And it was peculiar because I was the only fat person in a family where everybody else was skinny. And so I was eating the same food they were. And so anyway, I was taken around to all sorts of different medical experts way up into my teenage years. And one year they put me on amphetamines. So I was hyped all year long. I made straight A's because I studied so much. And uh, But I, by the time I got to 24, I just about tried everything, and I was still very obese. And on a particular day, I slipped on the ice on a road in New England that I was walking on, on a winter day in New England, and I crashed down on my back and hit my head. I didn't knock myself out, but I, I had this, you know, a 300 pound person weighs about what a refrigerator weighs, and so I crashed down on my back. But it knocked me out of my current way of thinking at the time. And for about two minutes, I had something I'd never seen before. It was like I saw the inside of myself and I could see all of these emotions like fear and anger and sadness. And um, my father had died during my mother's pregnancy with me, which uh, which apparently reset my thyroid and pituitary and shut it down, basically. And so uh, some of the problems even were, you know, prenatal in origin. But I decided on this day that there was only one way out, and that was to take personal responsibility for creating the body and the life I wanted. There was something about that two-minute period where I was completely opened up and saw the world in a whole new way. And at the time, I didn't know anything about psychology or spirituality or anything like that. I was an English major in college, and I wanted to be a writer, but I'd end up kind of being a teacher and a counselor at a school for delinquents up in New Hampshire, in the mountains of New Hampshire. And so um, basically, this two minutes set me on a new path, because after that two minutes, I I decided to take responsibility and do it myself rather than what I'd always relied upon was some medical miracle was eventually going to fix me. And so during that two minutes, I had a vision of my insides and I saw that not only did I have all of these emotions I hadn't explored, but I had this thing I call pure consciousness, which we all do. It's a gift. And it's that part of ourselves that's just pure being. And I'd never paid any attention to that until that two minutes lying on my back on the icy road. And I realized that's who we really are. We are this essence. And it's our job to construct our lives to match that essence of who we truly are. So the first thing I did was I I went on a diet where I started eating only food that I felt fed that pure consciousness in me. 
And I stopped eating all the other stuff that I'd eaten in the past that made me weigh 320 pounds. And to make a long story short, I lost more than 100 pounds over the following year just doing that. Amazing. It, it was Absol absolutely amazing. So what was the it, first step on your path then when you were to, to decide, I'm going to devote my life to helping others after I had seen consciousness and what it means and how it's really who we are? What was the first step you took to kind of uh, say, I'm going to do this to help others? Wow. Well, that's such a great question. Well, I had another. Now it looks like a miracle to me. But what happened was a friend of mine, right after I'd made this big decision, a friend of mine invited me to come into his counseling class. We lived about 20 minutes away from the University of New Hampshire, and he was taking the master's program in counseling there. And I think he was he was looking out for me. He was trying to make a transformation happen. He was one of the other teachers at the school. And uh, his name was Neil Marinello, and I'm very grateful to him to this day. But he invited me to come into one of his classes and just check it out because he knew I was looking for some new thing. And I went into the class, and it was a group counseling class where there was about eight groups of six to eight students sitting around in circles in the classroom. And so I sat down in one of these circles next to Neil. And over the next couple of hours, my life was transformed because one person after the other just talked about what was going on in their lives. And then other people in the group would ask them about it or make suggestions. But it was like we were all in it together in this process of making our lives better. And I realized in that moment, that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. I just didn't know how to do it. Here's the thing. When I was five years old, according to the family story, I got my granddad to put a cardboard box in the corner of my grandmother's living room, big living room, and I would sit in the box, and that was my office, and people were supposed to come to me and tell me their problems. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fantastic. Well, you picked the right, you followed the right path, and you've got the kind of like the not, you know the tap on the shoulder from the universe a couple of times there and you and you did the work on yourself and you shed a lot of things that needed to be shed so congratulations to you um guys guys radio my special guest is author of the big leap and now your big leap year gay hendrix so let's get into the work itself okay so you wrote the big leap it sold over three hundred fifty thousand copies already and it's really about uh helping people go beyond uh, what you call the happiness ceiling and experiencing uh, life's joys in ever-growing ways. That's kind of shorthand for us. Tell us a little bit about the main concept behind The Big Leap and then how you kind of boiled it and chopped it up into this beautiful new book, Your Big Leap Year, which is a daily um, kind of inspirational, it's not really a journal, but it has a concept for every day. And then you follow it along and you will evolve if you stay on the path that this book helps you because you know the big leaps about the concept this is about actually the doing your big leap year so let me turn it over to you gay and tell us a little bit about the concept of the big leap and then how you decided to boil it down into your big leap year well there are two big concepts in the big leap one is the upper limit problem and how to get out from under your own particular upper limit problems. I'll say a bit more about what that is. 
the second big concept is the genius zone, the zone of genius, the part of ourselves where we're doing what we most love to do and what makes our biggest contribution to the world around you, whether it's your family or a class or a community. What is bringing forth the best of you in life? So those two things are what I take on in the genius zone and in the big leap. Um, I first noticed this in myself, that I had this thing I call the upper limit problem, which I would get to a certain place, I'd be happy. Like at the time, I realized that I wasn't married yet, but my girlfriend and I would get along great for three days, and then we'd start an argument, or somebody would mess it up somehow. And it was usually me that messed it up, <laughs> according to her anyway. And so, but one or the other of us would mess it up. And the same thing I noticed. Um, I was at the time I just finished my PhD at Stanford and I was working there for a year as a research psychologist after I completed my degree. And I, one day I realized my life was going great and I was doing the research I wanted to do. And it's like, everything was humming in my life. And then all of a sudden, one day I realized, oh my gosh, what about my Little girl, though, I'd just taken her. Uh, I, my daughter was six at the time, and I'd just taken her to sleepover camp for the first time. And it was a camp she'd been going to for a long time. It's just that when she was six, she was allowed to now go on the sleepover part of it for three days. So okay. it's going to be her first away from home. And so I'm sitting in my office, and I was feeling great, and I was working, and all of a sudden, I had this picture of Amanda sitting alone in the corner and with no friends and being homesick and miserable. And so unconsciously, I just acted that out. I picked up the phone and I called the director of the camp, lovely woman. And I said, uh, uh, hi, this is Gay Hendricks. I just dropped off my daughter this morning at nine o'clock. And uh, she said, oh, hi, Dr. Hendricks. How are you today? And I said, well, I was doing okay, but now I started thinking about Amanda being homesick and it's her first time away from home. And anyway, the woman was so great. She said, well, I can see Amanda out the window and she's out there kicking a soccer ball around with a bunch of other girls. So it doesn't look like she's feeling too bad. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, could I make a suggestion, Dr. Hendricks? And I said, sure. And she said, could it be that you're the one that's feeling homesick and lonely because she's not around for the first time. Wow, and she wow, said, wow, you're the third parent to call me this morning with a similar concern. And so it was very, you know, I said, oh, my gosh, here I am, a Ph.D. in counseling psychology from Stanford, and I didn't make that connection, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why they say the uh, instructions for how to get out of the box are written on the outside of the box. So you need some help. <laughs> a lot of times to uh, get out. And so, um, but that was a great moment for me. I realized, why did I go from feeling great to feeling miserable in a tenth of a second by conjuring up a fantasy of my daughter that wasn't even real? You know, I was totally out of touch with reality. And I realized, oh, it's because I have an allergy to feeling good for more than a few days or a few seconds. or, And I started looking at that in my clients I was working with. Oh, I had the good fortune at the time. 
I was there in Palo Alto where Silicon Valley was just getting underway. And there were these incredible number of bright engineers and executives that I would be working with in counseling. And they would be doing the same thing. They'd have a good thing happen at work. Then they'd go home and have a knockdown. Let, let, me, let, me, let, let me butt in, Gay. Why yeah. do you think that happens to so many people? Is that part of a, is that a Western culture thing? Uh, or is that just something part of human nature? Or why do we put these limits, these ceilings? I see it in certain people where they only, I can see the ceiling almost above their head where they don't allow themselves to receive. They don't allow themselves to live the way they can live. And I'm sure I do it to myself also, but it seems so prevalent and you've noticed it and you've worked with people. What causes this? Is this cultural or is this it from the inside? Uh, it's from the inside because I, I, the evidence for that is I've worked with about, well, I've worked with about 1,500 executives around the world and about 20,000 individuals. And so based on what I've seen around the world, the upper limit problem has different flavors in different cultures, but we basically all have it. Like uh, if you go to Australia, they have what they call the tall poppy syndrome down there. Don't be the tall poppy is the instruction, because if you stick out above the crowd, you'll get your head cut off and the, the farmer will come along and cut you off. And so keep your head down in the pack. And as you know, a lot of the population in Australia are descended from people who came there as prisoners right. in chains. And so they have kind of a convict mentality, you know, in prison. You keep your head down, you know, you don't right. want to stick out among mm -hmm. the crowd. And, but if you go to Sweden, it's the same thing. They don't call it the upper limit problem. They've got their own uh, Scandinavian version. They call it lagum. It's a word in Swedish that means don't be too much, don't be too little. Just stay right there in the middle. And so um, it's a universal thing, and it's based on a lot of childhood programming. Like, for example, the the upper limit is caused by limiting beliefs that get installed at various ages. It doesn't have to be in childhood, but it often happens. Like, for example, one of the biggest limiting beliefs is that for one reason or the other, some people think they don't deserve the good things of life. I don't deserve love. I don't deserve abundance. I don't deserve friends. That's the, the way they think about that. Now, why would that be? Because they feel they are fundamentally flawed in some way. What question? Do you think, Gay, that comes from our um, upbringing at home, or is it from the school system, the educational system in this country, or is it collective? Well, it's a bit of all three, but most of us give too much power to our parents and not enough power to teachers and peers, people around us, uh, because you can get those limiting beliefs installed at different times by different people. And so another one, for example, is one of the big limiting beliefs that I've helped people work on is what I call a fear of outshining. They're okay being in second place or third place, but they're afraid about really stepping out into the light and being the most magnificent version of themselves they can be. What I call living in your genius zone, where you're mm -hmm. doing what you most love to do, and you're doing something that makes a genuine contribution to other people's lives.
Okay. Uh, my special guest, Gay Hendricks, author of the new book, Your Big Leap Year, following up on the big leap. So what uh, can people do to kind of uh, get beyond those limiting beliefs that they have and that, that, that self-imposed ceiling that they give themselves? Well, I get, uh, I have what I call the, the best inbox in town because just about every day I get email from people because they've read The Big Leap and they tell me about some upper limit problem they've busted through or some new way they're expressing their genius. So I love that. And out of those people came a request to do a day-by-day -day book to take The Big Leap and break it down into something you could do every day. And that's where uh, your Big Leap year comes from. Okay. And so uh, it's a great time to be thinking about that with a magnificent new year ahead of us, which happens to be a leap year. A leap year. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even think about that when I started writing the book, interestingly enough. But then it dawned on me one day that I'm releasing the book in a leap year. So, um, yes. Well, to me, commitment is a key thing. You've got to make a commitment. You know, like I did when I changed my diet, I committed myself to eating foods that fed my new being, not my old 320-pound self. So commitment is important, but recommitment, something you can do every day, that's really important because that helps you bring this material into your life. I always tell my students, be like the autopilot on an airplane. See, the autopilot the pilot sets the parameters and says, okay, we're going to go to Hawaii. But the plane doesn't get there in a straight line. It's always wandering off course. And the autopilot says, okay, we're wandering off course. Let's recommit. Oh, we're wandering off course. Let's recommit. And so it gets to the destination by being wrong most of the time because it knows how to recommit. Mm -hmm. Okay. How about, um, uh, is it important to put a clock on things to complete tasks, to get ourselves moving along towards our genius zone? Let me give you an example. Um, I follow the Rolling Stones. I just love their their story, their career story, because, you know, they just released a new album and it's good. And it's like, it took 18 years to come out. And they just, two of them, you know, the two main members just reached 80. And they had been kind of recording songs and putting them aside and recording songs and putting them aside. And then finally, I was reading an article about them where Mick Jagger said to Keith Richards, let's get this done. Let's get some no peop, a producer in here to help us. Let's get this done by Valentine's Day of last year. And Keith Richards said, that's pretty ambitious. And sure enough, they did it. That's how they got it done. And they had all these songs recorded and they chose the right ones and boiled it down and they put out an album. But it took 18 years. These are professionals who, you know, they're legends, yet they needed the clock to help them get over the finish line. Is that important or is this just a vignette I pulled out? I think that's a wonderful story. And it illustrates what I always tell my students is by when are two of the most important words you'll ever say. Because if somebody, I see people do this all the time, you know, I'll get you that report. But they fail to say, by when, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so if it's important, well, well, deadlines, I think, are a real gift to ourselves, not just for the usual reasons, but they actually ask us to put ourselves on the line. And, you know, there are a million excuses, and a lot of people think that a good excuse is the same as a result. <laughs> 
And, right, right, right. You know, it's not. Uh, by the way, since you uh, admire the Rolling Stones, I started out when I was a teenager. I worked in radio stations. And so when I was 19, I was working at a, a little radio station in Florida, W-O-N-N. But we booked all the up and coming rock acts that would roll through town. And one of them was the Rolling Stones that we wow. put on in a junior high school gymnasium. and. Uh, Picture Mick Jagger, who was the kind of the wow. economic brains of the gang, on his knees counting out six hundred one dollar bills, which is what <laughs> we charged uh, for the dance. And uh, <laughs> so uh, that's a good. Uh, but Amazing. you know, they showed up on time. They played their set. They counted their money, and they rolled on. That happened to be the tour on which they wrote "Satisfaction" mm -hmm. uh, in Clearwater. Florida, which is down the road from where I was in uh, Lakeland. That's a great Florida. start. Great story. My special guest on Guys Guys Radio, the amazing Gay Hendricks. We're talking about the Big Leap book and also the companion book that's just coming out at the beginning of the year called Your Big Leap Year. And it's a daily kind of guidebook to, you know, moving forward towards your genius zone, helping you get there step by step, day by day. Tell us more about the book and the process, Gay. Well, I think that human beings are at their best when we're acting out of two big impulses that are in your genius zone. One impulse is the impulse to find what you are uniquely suited to do during your brief time here on this planet. How do you do what? that? How do you do that? You keep, well, first you start asking yourself a really bold question like, what do I most love to do? And what do I do that isn't like work? when I'm doing it. And almost everybody, when I work with them, find out to their great amazement that they're already doing some things that fit that category, but they're not doing very many of them. And so my job is to help them expand their genius zone. The second variable that's so important is, is what I'm doing making a contribution to not only my life, but to other people's life as well. My old mentor, Abraham Maslow, once said that it doesn't matter if you're making a genius soup or writing a genius symphony. You know, the soup may only apply to six people or two people even, whereas the symphony might be listened to by thousands or millions, but it calls on the same impulse in you to do what you're uniquely suited to do, what you love to do, and what makes a big contribution to other mm -hmm. people's lives. That's life at its best. I, love I got it. busy. Yeah, I got busy trying to figure that out uh, 40 years ago. And uh, I can tell you that this century, I've only done things that I most love to do. How about for folks, though, um, that, you know, they have to bring the money home, they have a lot of responsibilities, and they feel burdened they don't have they feel sometimes that they don't have the time to pursue what they really want to pursue how can they look into their day-to-day -day lives and identify those things that do bring them joy and to uh enhance those so they can maybe evolve towards a career or some type of way of living that's more in line with their genius zone which everybody has than just kind of punching the clock if you will yes well most of the people I work with are tremendously pressed for time. And so we invite them to start with 10 minutes. We ask people, and I, I would love it if your audience would do this too, just try it out for a week and find out what happens. Put in your calendar 10 minutes a day 
that you're going to focus on your genius zone. And in a way, it doesn't really matter what you do during it, just as like as long as you budget some time. You could just sit there for those 10 minutes and say, I don't know what my genius is. What is my genius? But it's you're deliberately putting 10 minutes a day into the proliferation of your genius. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the starting point. Most people aren't satisfied with 10 minutes, though. They want to go for 20 minutes and 30 minutes, and pretty soon they're doing an hour. When I started, I figured I was doing an hour out of my nine hours I was working in my genius zone. So at first, I tried to bump it up to three hours, and that took me a couple of years. And then I bumped it up to 70%, and that took me a couple more years. By the end of the last century, I was basically at 99 or 100%, where I was only doing things that I most love to do that made, in my view, my biggest contribution. And I'll tell you, you don't have much to complain about in life when that's going on, you know, when you're busy right. doing that kind of thing. And oh. my wife, we've been married now for 43 years, and she does the same thing. So it makes for a very rich, happy marriage, too. So it's about, um, it's, you know, meditation is good. This is not really about a meditation 10 minutes a day. This is more about uh, consciousness and awareness and putting that genius, you know, that what makes me happy? What am I passionate about? What I really, what do I really like to do? You start putting it out there. And then I assume, correct me if I'm wrong, it becomes more, more apparent, more there, more part of your purview, if you will, more part of your day-to-day thinking and existence and that's how you can kind of leverage it and expand on it am i on the right track here okay uh, yes you absolutely are the new book your your big leap year every page it starts on page one obviously it doesn't have to be january 1st just whenever you start it is your day one but every day gives you something to think about an idea and it gives you something to do. It could be something you think about, or it could be something you write down, but it gives you something to do for that day. And it's so important to just keep focusing on it over and over and over again, because pretty soon it becomes second nature. And that's a good thing, because we've all got a lifetime of habits to overcome. And the only way to do it really is to take some things and break them down into small pieces and just start doing them day by day by day. Well, you do a great job here. I'm just flipping through. Here's a day, not 194, your relationship with time. And you go into a little bit of a background on your own experience. And then you have a little assignment for the person, which is, you know, very reasonable. Scan your schedule for the last few days and today with the following question in mind. What did I do that I absolutely love to do? And what did I do that I didn't love to do, and then see what type of percentages you have, and then commit to spending more time every day doing the things I most love to do. I mean, it sounds simplistic, but you start reminding yourself and doing these things and being mindful about them, it's going to change your life. What, again, this is day 194. Okay, day 195, completely different concept, connected but different. Generosity, uh, your, your leap for today. How would my life be if I were fully willing to receive generosity? And I think that gets to a point I want to ask you about is, is part of the issue that people have, Gay, that they don't know how to receive or they don't feel worthy of receiving some of the beautiful things that are out there for us. And, and a second part of that is sometimes we want things so bad and everybody's all into manifesting and we like squeezing, squeezing, squeezing to get something exactly the way they want it, but without realizing that we can't even imagine the abundance that's out there for humanity and things that can be tapped into that we can't even 
we we think so small compared to what's available to us. I very much agree. In fact, I've often said that if you're going to just work on one thing in life, work on enhancing your ability to receive, receiving positive energy, receiving money, receiving abundance, receiving love. It's important to give all those things too. But uh, I meet people all the time that they are very giving toward the outside, but incredibly stingy with giving toward themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, even in married situations, you know, I'll ask a married couple that comes here that's having problems. I'll say, well, how much how much did you spend last year on your kids? And they'll give me a figure, you know, $12,000 or something like that. And I'll say, okay, how much did you budget for enhancing your relationship with each other? Uh, zero or, <laughs> oh, we went to the beach one weekend last July, you know, something like that. But we all need to prioritize ourselves, And it, it's like the flight attendant says, put on your own oxygen mask first before you start helping your kids. It's not and selfishness. It's not selfishness. Because you want to change the world, you have to change yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love others. Exactly. It's self-full, self-full, not self-ish. I love it. I love it. Tell us more. Some of the other uh, tenets in the book. Yes. Well, one of the other, uh, you just mentioned time. Yes. You'd be surprised at how many people victimize themselves with their thinking about time. Like, for example, people think that there's a scarcity of it. And that's just a mental thought that you come up with, like time itself, the way we think of it today is something that human beings thought up a few hundred years ago when people started working in factories and they needed to be, before then, time was whether the sun was up or down, that was it. And maybe whether it was noon, but now we needed to move people around, ringing bells and getting people herded into a building and that kind of thing. So, um, and the good old Swiss were kind enough to start making watches at about that same time. And so you could tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock away the day. But actually, in real life, in the actual fact of living, time is something that you can make up to do the things that you want to do. The moment you start prioritizing your time, your precious time, and start putting more attention into doing high-quality things with your time, particularly your genius zone, you'll find that you expand the time supply so that you can always have time to do the things that matter most to you. Like my old friend uh, Wayne Dyer used to say, you'll never have enough time to do all the things you don't want to do anyway. So let's talk about the, the importance of uh, practicing doing. And one of the things I love about this new book, Your Big Leap Year, is it has something for each day. And it takes you like five minutes tops to read page like day 50. It's really right to the point. You can incorporate these things very easily into your day-to-day routine. And for me, that is incredibly important. I know for myself, I do a routine every day. It's uh, some meditation, some exercise, affirmations. I do some dowsing, et cetera. Every single morning, I get up earlier than everybody else in the household, and I start to do these things. And I, I figure it this way, Gabe. There's going to be a day where I'm so busy or I'm traveling or I don't feel well or something where I can't do it. So anytime I can do that stuff, 
I'm going to do it. And then aggregate over time, it really makes a difference in how I feel and how productive I am and just my my connection to everything. Talk to me about the importance of doing something on a daily basis, which I think is at the core of this book daily. That's really a big key to it, because if you can get something where you're consistently thinking about something for or even three or four days in a row, not to speak of 365, but um, because one of the big things that happens in life is you start making some progress and then life intervenes in some way. You know, just before we came right. on the air, I was working with a client of mine, um, a person from the Hollywood domain of things. And uh, the the problem was related to time again, that this person is so overwhelmed with demands on her life um, that she doesn't put any time in there on herself and her own genius. And so we all have a miniature version of that problem, whether you're a Hollywood star or, uh, you know, somebody that just sits and does coaching with people all day or whatever it is that you do. Well, those things are important because everything you can do in a given day has a cumulative effect. And if you can get yourself thinking in a new way for three, four, five days, you know, scientists tell us uh, people that are involved in the habit changing thing sometimes give us a number, like you need to think a new way mm -hmm. a certain number of times. But to keep it really simple, I put out this book so that people would just have a few minutes a day of something they could focus on that would reorient them to their genius zone. And I'm just totally tickled pink with the way it came out. It was a lot of work, but uh, it came out even better than I expected it to. Okay. Um, last question, if you will. What are, for, for our audience out there, to get started, we want them to get the book, but on their own, just to get started with making positive changes in their lives to get beyond their ceiling and get into the tangibility of touching and, and entering their genius zone, what are like three things people can start doing right now? The first one is to expand your belief system with something like this. Try on this idea. I expand my genius every day of my life. That's a that's an affirmation. It's a mantra that you can say. I expand my genius every day of my life. It gives you a direction. It points you mm -hmm. in a certain way. I love so it. So start there. Put something practical to work up here, uh, because you know the psychologists tell us we think fifty thousand thoughts a day. Well, let's make at least some of them clear, straightforward declarations of what you want your life to be about. The second thing to do is to get very busy at looking at your upper limit problems. Find out where you get stymied in life, particularly if you've gotten stymied the same way. Around here, we say the rule of three. If something has happened three or more times, it's not what you think it is. Like if you and your partner have argued about money three or more times, mm -hmm. the argument is not about money. Okay, so just file that away somewhere. Got it. Uh, and so the rule of three, uh, you know, you need three data points to predict a train uh, trend. You start here, that's not going to predict tomorrow. If you then tomorrow is like here, well, that's not going to predict the next day either. But then you get a third day, and you can say, okay, we got a little trend going here. So 
give me three days of practicing with the new book, and I promise you, you'll be hooked in the most positive sense. You'll be hooked on genius. I love it. So uh, where can people find out more about you, your classes, your workshops, your other books, and where can they get uh, your big leap year? It's coming out very early in 2024. Tell us all about that day. Yes, it's available for pre-order now on all the online places like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And at your favorite bookstore, you can always pre-order these. And uh, come to my website also, Hendrix.com, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com, because we've put a lot of resources there that are available. And we also, that's a jumping off place to our other, um, our nonprofit foundation, which has a lot of useful materials there too that are all free and so you can find out about all our work by going to hendrix.com amazing amazing work gay always a pleasure to have you on the show you keep doing so much for mankind um love what you're doing keep doing it get better with your femur and uh come back to the show and uh we'll do it again thank you so much gay hendrix for being on guys guys radio thank you It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, another terrific conversation with a real Guy's Guy, Gay Hendricks. He's been at it for over 40 years, helping people, helping motivate people, helping inspire people, coaching people to be their very best. So you got to respect a guy like that. He's also a prolific author. Again, The Big Leap sold over 350,000 copies. And the new book that we talked about today is a, it's really a daily version of The Big Leap. It's called your big leap year, and it gives you some teachings each and every day, and also a little bit of uh, an assignment, if you will, that you can do very quickly every day. But it keeps you on point, it keeps you on track, and I think one of the learnings that we've gotten and gleaned from speaking with Gay and just in our conversations together is that, you know, when, you, when you're starting on a new program, one of the toughest things is to stick with it. I mean, our goal is to break through the self-imposed limits that we give ourselves get to that genius zone where we can participate and play in the area where we have passion for. And to do that, we have to kind of get, get to it. We have to show up. We have to be there. And the best way to do that is to have a protocol and a practice that you enjoy that you can do each and every day. If you don't do it every day, you've, got to, you've, you, you've run the risk of kind of falling off the train, if you will, and it's always tougher to get back on. Think of the gyms you go to. You sign up. Everybody's there in the first couple of weeks of January. You get there March 15th. The place is a ghost town again. Why? Because people have good intentions, and they, and they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions because people get busy, and they fall off, and it's easy to make excuses. It's easy to set a low ceiling for ourselves. Stick with it. Do your program, whatever works for you, as long as it doesn't hurt you or anybody else. Stick with it each and every day, and you should be able to get the results that you want. At least you'll get on track to where you want to go, and then it's up to you to stick with it, to be patient, patient and have a vision to where you want to go. And to me, that's one of the best ways of getting there. But you got to start somewhere. you got to take that first step. Guys, Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio in Southern California at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 PM on KCAA Radio. They also have their own YouTube. They have their own website. You can listen live. You can stream. You can download. Our podcast, Guys Guys Radio, is uh, downloads every Thursday 
across all the major platforms. It's very easy to find. We're worldwide. We're downloaded in over 100 countries. Uh, our YouTube and Rumble post later in the day on Thursday, so you can watch our interviews like the one I just conducted with Gay. And uh, if you enjoy the guests and content I bring you each and every week to the show, please subscribe. YouTube would be great, but subscribe and rate and review wherever you consume Guys Guys Radio or what we call the video portion, Guys Guys TV. We're also on UK Health Radio all weekend long, four times every, every weekend, as well as on demand. UK Health Radio is the world's largest talk health radio station in the world. It's digital, so it's a online. Again, you can pick up our show whenever you want if you go to UK Health Radio. Dot com. They also have their own uh, podcast version of the show, etc. So there's no excuse for you not to be able to find our show or interview. If you want to listen, watch, download, listen, live stream, whatever, we're there for you. And again, support us by subscribing. And we're making a push on YouTube, so that would be great. Thank you. You can also catch more information that I put out on my website, robertmanni.com. I've got 300-plus blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, so many topics we cover here on Guys Guys Radio, uh, also including uh, the column that I write for UK Health Radio's Health Triangle magazine. It's called Aging is a Choice. So I write for UK Health Radio's Health Triangle magazine, uh, the series, and I also reprint the, uh, the articles onto the website, robertmanny.com. So you can catch us anywhere. And, and while you're on my website, you can download three free chapters to my novel, which is the kind of source materials for everything Guy's Guy. It's called The Guy's 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 to Love. It's a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stake world of Madison Avenue. Advertising is fast, it's fun, fun, it's frothy. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in their kind of dating life in New York City. And it's been called The Men's Successor to Sex in the City. And it's a lot of fun. And again, download three free chapters. If you enjoy it, you can, you can pick it up on Amazon or wherever you buy your books, physical copy or digital copy. Thank you. So we're here each and every week for you on Guys Guys Radio. I've got a lot of great guests lined up for 2024. I can't wait to get at it. And again, the, the thing is, and I'm so glad we did this show today because it's a great way to kick off the new year, if you will. Even though any protocol that's even an annual protocol doesn't have to start on January 1st, you can start it whenever you want. As long as you show up, you're there, you stick with it as best you can. That's the most important thing. And also, I would suggest whatever you're going to do, do it first thing in the morning if you can, because that's when you're freshest. That's before you get distracted. That's before you start scrolling on the phone and doing work stuff, whatever. Get up a little bit earlier. Put in your protocol for the day, get yourself going, and then off you go. And I wish you the best of luck with that. I want to thank all my wonderful guests that I've interviewed over the years and all the ones who are upcoming. I want to thank my wonderful producer, Chris, my strategy lead, Ryan. And most of all, I want to thank you, my wonderful listeners and viewers and subscribers and all the people who make our show possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've got a lot more for you in the coming year. Stick with us. Tell your friends about it. It's really about making this world a better place to live for men and women who can be at their best, and we all win. Guys, Guys Radio, I'm going to see you next week. Happy New Year, and until then, remember, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>